the ASCO Leadership Podcast with Jeff Barton. My name's David Gregson. I took the idea of a wellbeing assessment to Greater Manchester two years ago and have been actively involved in developing the programme and now delivering it across the city region. I sit on many boards and charities uh, alongside this. Hi, I'm Mira Saravanan and I'm a youth activist from Greater Manchester. I'm currently a first year university student studying politics, but I've just sort of been helping out with Be Well and giving a youth perspective throughout the entire project. Well, thanks both of you so much for joining me. And at a time when so much of the narrative around education is around, I don't know, lateral flow tests, nasal swabs, vaccination, it's great to talk about something positive. So there will be people who will have heard us reference the Be Well project before, but uh, let's assume they haven't. So, David, do you want to kind of just talk us through what it is uh, as a concept and what you're trying to do there in Greater Manchester? Yeah, I said earlier, Jeff, that I took this idea because I was become, in, becoming increasingly concerned that our whole focus on young people was directed towards academic attainment. And I realised that there were many countries, five in particular in Europe, that are able to combine uh, a highly attaining attain, uh, education system, but also uh, uh, involving young people who have high life satisfaction. And so I took the notion of a well-being assessment to uh, Greater Manchester, and it is now a joint venture between the Greater Manchester Combined Authority uh, the 10 uh, local authorities that make up Greater Manchester, the University of Manchester and Anna Freud. Uh, and it has been a fundamentally important part of the success of the programme in getting the exposure that it has across all schools in Greater Manchester, those core partners. We, are, we have signed up and uh, to, uh, over 200 schools over 90, 90% of mainstream schools have agreed to participate in a survey. The survey window is now open. It will close in December. We will be reporting back to schools privately the results of the survey in January, and we'll be publishing transparently the wellbeing data by 66 neighbors across, uh, neighborhoods across Greater Manchester in March. We have funding for three years and expect that this will become an embedded part of the Greater Manchester uh, uh, framework for young people. And I should say that our longer term ambition, Jeff, is to rebalance the education so that greater emphasis is given to the well-being of young people alongside that of their attainment. Okay, so I'm going to come in a, in a, a few minutes to you, Mira, but let me just, before we kind of look at it through the prism of what is this doing for me as a young person, which I think is the fundamental issue here, let's just explore what you've just said a little bit, David, there. So you, your opening point is that there are countries in Europe who have been doing things differently and haven't narrowed their education. Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Because if I was listening to that as a head teacher, what I might be thinking, well, it's all well and good saying what they do in Finland, but the context in Finland is so different. How could something that might work in a place like that possibly work here without me hanging my school out to dry because the way we are judged is in these narrow terms? Does that make sense? It does. Now, there are five countries that are particularly well known for being able to uh, have a balanced education. You've mentioned one of them, Jeff, which is Finland. It's Estonia, Finland, Switzerland, Germany and the Netherlands. And because I spend a lot of time myself in the Netherlands, I look more closely at this, the education system there. It's a very, very similar system to the United Kingdom and England in particular. 
And the one element that the Dutch uh, give great weight to is the well-being of young people. So it's assessed and surveyed every year across the entire country, and it's the primary policy driver. The Dutch believe that a happy child is a learning child. And indeed, in a Speakers for Schools presentation last week, I asked the students, the 50 or so students at, in that school, whether they agreed with that statement. And the answer unequivocally was that they do. In addition, we did a survey of parents and asked them by which criteria do they judge the secondary school of their choice and well-being came top. So I think even in an English context, we have both young people and their parents who believe that well-being is fundamentally important, and yet we have an education system which doesn't prioritize it. It's against that background, therefore, Jeff, that we took this idea of a well-being survey. And there are indeed 200 surveys of well-being that are offered to schools around the country as it stands. The one different thing, though, is that they're all different. And so you can't make consistent assessments. You can't have communities of practice to improve things. So we obviously believe it's important, but we're not doing it in a consistent way. And therefore, we are seeking to show through the active involvement of more than 200 schools who also feel it's important uh, to, to get that consistency assessment, learn from each other, inspire a coalition of actors, both in schools and outside of schools, to make a difference to the well-being of young people. Now, I remember, David, when I was a, a head, not a day would go by when someone wouldn't send me a request to do a survey of our young people. As you say, there are hundreds of surveys out there, and it's about translating what you are finding out from a survey into doing something differently in the way that you describe the Netherlands there, isn't it? So I think what I'd be interested in is, first of all, so what is, what is that survey trying to find out in terms of young people? And what was it, secondly, that made so many key players in Greater Manchester think that is going to be an important part of what we do next? Well, I think, first of all, on the latter, um, clearly there is a much greater focus in our country today on the well-being of both young people and adults in a way that there wasn't pre-pandemic. To my mind, the issues were always there. They've just come to the, to the forefront. And as the tide has gone out, we've been able to see the pebbles and the stones and the rocks where the, where the, where the water used to be. Uh, when it comes to the areas that we're looking into, well, the first thing to say is that young people have been at the heart of every aspect of what we've done. So the obvious thing to do was to go and ask young people what are the important things in their lives. So we met with 15 Pathfinder schools, have a youth advisory group, and the young people were very clear as to what was important to them. We then took those areas, which I'll describe to you in a second, Jeff, and addressed them with a pan-sectoral questionnaire advisory group of academics involving those from the ONS, from the Department for Education, Public Health England, the Department for Health, um, and a range of academic experts. And we turned those areas of interest and concern to young people and put them into a completely integrated questionnaire. The domains that were of key interest to young people were meaning, purpose, and control, understanding yourself very critically, and emotions, both negative and positive. And then the drivers of well-being, which we identified, would be all quite familiar. Health and routines, 
hobbies and entertainment, school itself, of course, a fundamental driver, the environment and society, young people's views of their future and their relationships across all parts of their lives, whether that's within school, families or in their neighborhoods. So I think the questionnaire ultimately really reflects what is of concern to young people. And we then just turned it into an academically rigorous questionnaire. And they would they would do this questionnaire. How, how often and how long does it take? The questionnaire is done in half an hour. Uh, it is actually being uh, completed on average because it's now uh, being delivered in schools across Greater Manchester as we speak. Uh, it takes on average 22 minutes for a young person to uh, answer it, there, which is quick, I think, because there are over 100 questions. Um, but so yeah. far, the uh, completion rate has been exactly in line with the experts from the University of Manchester and Anna Freud. And I should say in this regard, Jeff, that one of the reasons this joint venture is so uh, effective at this stage, at least, is that it's building on the work of the University of Manchester and Anna Freud and the Head Start programme funded by the National Lottery. And also on the work that the GMCA itself has done in schools across the city region through the Life Readiness Survey, which gets at uh, the young people's views of optimism on their future. So we brought those two strands together into the Be Well programme. Gotcha. Let's turn to you, Mira. Mira, you come from a background of working with young people. Do you want to just say a, a quick, quick word about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've sort of spent the past seven years um, working with like youth organisations and like in a youth voice setting, talking about anything like that matters in my local area, nationally. Um, and mental health, again, has been a, a topic that's come up time and time again. Um, but I feel like only this past year, like post-pandemic, has sort of things really taken off. Yeah, it's interesting. My son lives in Manchester, so I, I end up coming to Manchester more than I uh, ever had previously in my life. And I noticed what a young city it is. So there's a sense in which you've got lots of young people to be talking to, haven't you there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I've been really lucky to grow up in sort of Greater Manchester and have so many opportunities and for conversations to constantly be arising. And I guess one of the challenges is if you say to young people, look, we want to do a questionnaire because we value your views and the subtext is things are going to be different as a result of this. That's quite a promise you're making to them. So I guess what I'd be interested in is, first of all, what are your reflections on the state of, of, of young people? And you've mentioned mental health, but in their well-being, what are the issues that matter to them? And secondly, how do you make sure that you don't get a kind of cynicism of, oh, here's another group of adults uh, th think, thinking they're going to do things on our behalf, but we've seen it all before. Mm -hmm. So on the first part, I think issues that like young people are facing, especially sort of during COVID have been like, you know, exam pressure, um, social media. I think that's a conversation that sort of happens quite often, you know, the positives and negatives of social media. Um, and also just like things like climate change and loneliness as well. Um, there's a lack of education surrounding really big topics that are like going around and you know like COP26 is happening and there's not a lot of education provided to young people and they're sort of in a place where they have to go out and find things out for themselves um, which I think can also be quite daunting and on the whole issue of oh it might just be another another project that's happening this was something that I was quite wary of when like, again I was first approached by Be Well so I'm quite lucky I've been involved with it from, I think, nearly the very beginning. 
Um, and I was quite afraid that, you know, they're coming to young people. They were asking for our opinion, whether we thought it was a good idea. And if we were just going to be another tick that they had to like check um, if they, you know, they were going to ask us and then we'd never hear back from them. Um, and I think that's a big concern, especially for sort of like local youth activists. We've I've been involved in so many projects where, you know, I thought this was going to be the first time that my voice was really going to matter. Um, and there was no sort of reward. There was no action that came from it. But Be Well specifically has been really good with that. And I, I think the team has been really in tune with young people. We've always been kept in the loop. We've constantly been, been asked our own opinion. Um, I sat on the questionnaire advisory board, like they had young people involved in every single stage. And I think that is the most important and the most special thing. And all of the delivery from the project has sort of been from a young, like a young person's perspective. So from other young people in Greater Manchester, they're hearing about this from their own and not just sort of adults that they might not know what they're talking about. Yeah, I think that sounds very important to me, this idea that this isn't something just being done to you, uh, but actually is something which uh, you, you're involved in from the design of the questionnaire onwards. So I, I totally get that from the point of view of the young person. Let's come back to you, David, though. So you've managed to build quite an extraordinary coalition uh, across Greater Manchester, as you say. Uh, so, so, so if I'm a, a head or a principal in a school or a college or whatever institution it might be, what, what's in it for me and what's in it for the community that I serve? In the first instance, you will receive a very clear report provided by the Child Outcomes Research Consortium for free uh, to you to inform your school improvement plan, and that will be delivered directly to you in January. You will then be offered the opportunity to participate in a community of practice across Greater Manchester. And we're just working out how to combine schools to maximum effect so that we can really learn from each other. And this is this point about consistency again, Jeff, because we're all then working across um, uh, consistent data. I think it's fundamental to say that this is not a survey of schools. It's a survey of young people who happen to be in schools. And I think the idea that has inspired schools to want to participate is exactly that difference. This is not, not telling schools, this is what you're doing right, this is what you're doing wrong. This is all about improving the offer to young people and putting young people's well-being at the heart of what a school does. When it comes to neighbourhoods, and of course here, this is where it becomes a little bit more complex. Um, we will be publishing, as I said earlier, the data transparently by 66 neighbourhoods. And of course, uh, young people live in a particular neighbourhood and may go to a school in a different neighbourhood. But what all research shows and what all, all our discussions with the young people show is that where you live, the environment that you live in, whether you feel safe, whether you feel you can travel easily, whether there's green spaces around you, they become very, very fundamental to how you feel about yourself and whether you feel you can thrive and prosper, whether in school or in the neighborhood. And therefore then mobilizing a coalition at this stage of 70 partners, seven zero, who have committed to act on the transparent data that is published by neighborhood, I think will be a fundamental part of the offer. The final thing to say is that we will not be uh, publishing uh, well-being data by school. The last thing we want is uh, 
a league table of the well-being of young people in different schools. Right. It's the context in which schools operate. And of course, ultimately, when you talk about things like green spaces there, David, the people who have got the clout and indeed the money to make any changes will be politicians. Now, what's distinctive about Greater Manchester and a few other urban contexts is you have got politicians who have got that clout and got their money. You've got Andy Burnham there. So was was your starting point that he was something you needed to make sure that politicians were buying into? Yeah, and I think we want to depoliticize it in terms of party politics, but we want to make it a clear part of the whole notion of levelling up and improving the lot of young people and, uh, and adults who live in an area. So the critical involvement of the combined authority led by Andy Burnham and the 10 local authorities, who have all been exceptional in the way that they have built upon and uh, involved themselves in our work, is fundamental. So we do anticipate using the data that we generate to mobilize and focus political and commercial efforts and charitable efforts, civil society efforts across neighborhoods. It's never been done quite like this before in a city region to my knowledge. We won't have all the answers, but what I do know is that there is an incredible commitment from all of our partners to build and act on what the young people tell us. Yeah, well, it's it's really interesting to be able to talk about it and not to talk about some of the stuff we've been mired in. And I like the optimism very much. I like the sense that it doesn't appear to be patronising young people. It's not doing to them, but is doing with them. And you are managing in very fragmented communities that we, we live in at the moment to actually give a sense that whether you're working in context A or context B or context C, what we have in common is the need to rebuild our communities and to rebuild the, the, the well-being as best we can of our young people. And I guess last question, David, so what, what are you hoping we will see if we, if we have this podcast conversation in a few years' time? What will we be celebrating? We will be celebrating a completely different dialogue in our country around young people that when the next pandemic or there's another discussion about how young people are faring in our country, we will not be discussing the, uh, the, how the exam results alone have affected their futures. We'll be celebrating the well-being of young people, which will have risen as a result of our efforts. I imagine even the prime minister standing up in the House of Commons, celebrating the well-being of young people as much as being proud of their academic attainment. I imagine a different regulatory environment in which uh, greater weight, equal weight even, is given to the well-being of young people as much to their attainment. I personally believe that is essential to the future of our country. And we will be sparing no effort to take the learnings from Greater Manchester to achieve that nationally in the years to come. I guess just to add that, um... Yeah, the whole project, I think, at the core is about celebrating young people at the end of the day and hope, hopefully like a more positive stop, narrative. Stop right there. Stop right there. So this is, <laughs> going, this is going to be me after I've talked to David. I'm going to just jump back to you with this question. OK, you ready? Uh, and, and Mira, I've just asked David about what he thinks we'll be looking back on and saying, here's what we achieved. What, how, how would you kind of crystallise it? What would you hope for? Um, I guess just that we're celebrating young people at the very core of the project and that Be Well is going to become a movement and not just a sort of a one-stop survey that children see once a year. 
um, and that a much more positive narrative is going to be created and that they feel comfortable talking about and starting conversations around their mental health and well-being themselves. Well, I think uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of our members uh, listening into that thinking, I'll have some of that, please. If people wanted to find out more about the Be Well project, uh, David and Mira, where, where should they look? Well, they should look initially at uh, gmbwell.org, which is our new website. And uh, of course, they are very, very welcome to contact any members of the team that are, are, are listed there. And you'll see quite a large team already involved uh, in delivering this programme across Greater Manchester. David, Mira, thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you, Jeff, and thank, thank you so you. much for hosting it. The Askell Leadership Podcast with Jeff Barton. 